This is a HeadGum Podcast. Are we done yet? We're almost there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> We've been talking about Cuba Gooden for freaking years hey, now. It's just been four weeks. I feel like this is it's my whole life. Oh, it does. My, the, my, I feel like my whole life is Cuba Gooding Jr. All right. I feel like Here black, we go. Black you guys ready for this? No. I like this a lot. I love these miniseries. We definitely should do another one. Man, we got to do like a mini, mini one. You know what I mean? Four is... Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know, I'm talking about you like when we know, just like one movie, you know, you like know a mini mini. Here's, <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. You know, you got Men of Honor, which we reviewed last week. That came out. I think it gave Cuba a, a one up. It yep. gave him a little extra lifeline. It was okay. like, all right, you were you were in a bunch of movies that bombed. Uh, like that. Like bombed. They did. They bombed. What dreams may come, instinct, chill factor, like huge bombs. And then you got Men of Honor. Now, it didn't get huge recognition. There were problems with the film, but it made money. You know, it was considered a decent movie. People went and saw it. People probably rented it on DVD like I did. They watched it. You know, that came out then. So you got that, right? You know, you got a little extra lifeline. Now, I think what Cuba probably did was he was like, you know what, though? I need a little insurance. I need to get a part of something that's going to be big, that's going to be put me in the minds of, Americans again, they're going to see me. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, Cuba. Cuba Gooding Jr., that dude from Jerry Maguire. I remember him. Oh, yeah, didn't he have a movie come out that year? Yeah, like, what? this guy. You know, I think that's what he wanted. That's what he, how he did with As Good As It Gets, right? So what does he do? He decides to take a role as Petty Officer Doris Miller in a $140 million budget movie, Pearl Harbor, Oh, directed by Michael Bay. And it, it it makes sense, right? Like no one knew the it was, chief was a badass. It makes sense, I think. It was right. That was that was right after yeah. Armageddon. Like it was like, not right after, but like it was supposed to be huge. So ben Affleck yeah, was Michael hot. Bay had had done Bad Boys. He had done Armageddon. Uh, you know, he, uh, like yeah. So he his movie. I mean, Armageddon was a huge uh, box office hit. Huge hit. Uh, Bad Boys did really well too, obviously, and like he worked with you know Will Smith. Uh. Uh, he was also in, he also did that movie The Rock, but like so Pearl the Harbor. The Rock was great, by the obviously, way. Obviously, Pearl Harbor is a huge kind of event, uh, 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 defining event for America, uh, and and so he was going to be a part of this. Now, I don't know if you've guys seen Pearl Harbor, but uh, it's a it's not a good movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> and I think that's maybe <laughs> maybe an under. Uh, I'm un- underestimating what what that means. Yeah. Uh, but is this the beginning of like Michael Bay as like a you groan when you hear his name? Like, is this like the yes, f- yes, beginning this, this was that? it. Because this is a, the first yeah, this grown Michael Bay movie. Because this movie, because it was uh technically a not a war movie, but it was it had Definitely huge explosions be, and yeah. it still had women like sexy shots. Well, there this was a three hour movie. Oh yeah. It was a 3-hour movie in which Pearl Harbor only accounted for 40 minutes of the movie. And so you had this huge epic long thing with Ben Affleck and like uh I forgot who the who the actresses were. Oh, was it was that? Kate Beckinsale. It was like Ben Affleck and Kate Beckinsale but then Josh Hartnett. So there was the, this like you know, there was that love triangle thing that was happening where they all they both loved her but she was with Ben and then she's with Josh and then like Josh dies and then she's with Ben again. 
and like there was like a thing at the end, like Pearl Harbor even happens, but then there's still like 45 minutes left of the movie after that because they like go to Japan. After? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, my anyway, always adds that extra stuff. <laughs> right. And the thing, yo, after I'm so bad. Mad. Bad boys too, baby. Bad boys too. Right. But the thing that was so the thing that was so maddening, I remember I saw this movie in theaters too, and I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I'm so excited to see Pearl Harbor. You know, it's like this huge epic World War II movie. You know, uh, you know Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett was like, it was like, oh yeah, they're in it, like they're cool. But Cuba Gooding Jr.'s in it, and he plays a cook who becomes a hero, and he gets on a gun, and you know that was in the trailer. We like, he's on this gun, he's shooting at planes, and then I saw the movie, and he's in maybe forty minutes of this three-hour movie, maybe. Maybe. Ooh, that's, you're being kind. I'm think I'm being kind. You're being very nice. Like actual screen time, probably like yeah. twenty minutes. Yeah, you're twenty two minutes. Very kind. And the heroic moment that we see in the trailer is like the only thing that happens. And and he like yeah. shoots down one plane. Yeah, because in real life he shot down one and he died. Like he like, yeah, he died quickly after. <laughs> but also it was like, but we didn't know we didn't know anything about him. He was like yeah. a cook. Yeah, you would think in the three-hour movie, you could talk about something other than Ben Affleck and his love problems. Anyway, so so he's in it. Now, that movie, it was a, a financial success to some degree. It wasn't like a huge success. Oh, was it? It oh, made like $198 million in, uh, uh, in America and then like another $200 million world. So it was like 400 and something worldwide. Oh, wow, was it? Yeah. How to do in a... Yeah, I'm going to leave that joke alone. <laughs> Japan. Yeah, I'm like, how to do over there. Uh, leave that alone. Uh, it, it it so it did pretty well. <laughs> it did pretty well overseas. So it made it it, it like doubled its thing. You know, okay. Budget. Uh, oh, okay. So it wasn't a bomb. It it it, it, it probably could have been better. Like I think they were they were aiming for like a Titanic. It was like Batman versus Superman, where it was like it made money, but no it one made liked money. It. But it was like you're like that movie could have made more money. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, but he's kind of barely in it, right? But anyway, he's in it. I don't know if he's getting. I don't. So I don't know at this part. It's like it gave him one up, but maybe his these roles aren't coming through because the next and then the same year he makes he's in Rat Race. Now Rat Race so is a big fun. comedy. A bunch of people. Super in fun it. movie. You know we like it because it, it was it literally was perfect for our age. You know I'd what make, I mean? I would make Rat Race today. Well, it's like a tip. It's like a typical comedy. Like you have movies like Mad, Mad, Mad World and things like that. Like, you know, it's like get a bunch of like fun actors together and put them in like this weird situation. You know, you had people like uh, Whoopi Goldberg was in it, um, Seth Green, and uh, uh, what's his name, Mr. Bean. <laughs> what's his name? His name will always be Mr. Bean. <laughs> Yo, I saw John Lovitz. Was uh, in Rowan, it. Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. Um, my my the way that I saw this movie was uh, the guy who was the best man at my wedding uh, has very particular tastes and um and I remember it seeing the trailers for it and being like I'm not gonna see I'm not gonna see that movie um, but then he like loved it and had it on DVD and was like we have to watch it and then he was a hundred percent right it was fantastic <laughs> like <laughs> I enjoyed it so much yeah. And so that movie came out, and I mean, again, Cuba wasn't a huge... He played, like, a uh, uh, a ref that, like, blew a call and, like, was hated by America because he, like, blew an obvious call. Uh, that movie made $85 million worldwide. Uh, it doesn't... Oof. I think the projected budget was, like, $40 million. So, like, you know, 
It did okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't a bomb. So it's like, you know, he's hanging in there. There's some movie here. I don't know what the heck it is uh, uh, called In the Shadows. Do you I'm know? looking at it now. It's like James Caan, Matthew Modine. Uh, yeah, that looks like a straight to DVD. I know a movie y'all forgetting about right now. Okay, but Gifted Hands. What's that? Yeah, I remember he did that. Oh, that's before, oh. that's before Ben Carson became, you know. Right, but that was, your Gifted Hands came out later. I You're think. just talking about another movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not, it's not Gifted in this <laughs> line at all. Gifted <laughs> like, Hands came out in 2009. <laughs> oh, oh, that's like, <laughs> just yeah. another movie TV, he did. A TV movie that he did. You know what y'all forgetting? Daddy Day Camp, what y'all <laughs> forgetting? <laughs> all right, all right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got those movies, right? Where he's like a, a supporting character in movies that, aren't critically well acclaimed, but they're like making a little bit of money. Then, 2002, Disney, Snow Dogs. Snow Dogs comes out. And this is a defining moment in Cuba Gooding's career. Why? Because it's a family film. And usually when people start, when actors start doing family films, it means we're on our way out. I mean... But... It also could have been like, hey, maybe now he's a family film star, you know, because Snow Dogs com- comes out. And guess what? That joint makes money, you know, even though, yeah, we may think of Snow Dogs like what? That movie's kind of stupid. It's like him, like he's like a Miami something. And like all of a sudden he's like in Alaska with snow. Yeah. You know, but that movie, <laughs> its budget was thirty three million dollars and it grossed one hundred and fifteen million dollars worldwide. How much? Hundred and fifteen on Snow a thirty-three dollars. <laughs> yeah. Snow dogs. I made eighty-one I million. Mean, but fam- don't family movies typically do better, right? Because not, everyone can go see them. Not really anymore, because like they keep doing these. Well, not big budget family movies, because like a Wrinkle in Time didn't do well. Um, yeah, Wrinkle in Time. Oh um, right, but not just. But not. Just but that Wrinkle also costs a hundred million dollars. Well, well, yeah. So I'm saying, like, I guess the big budget family movies don't do well, because like that one, um, uh, the. BFG didn't do well, like yeah, you know. no. I, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a good play, but it, it's not a guarantee for success. No, no film is. Well, here's the thing that's interesting about this year is that he has Snow Dogs, but then he also has this comedy film called Boat Trip. Oh, and yeah. Boat Trip's premise is two dudes expect to go on this hot, sexy singles cruise, mm-hmm. but it's for gay men and they're straight and they hate it the plot thickens but then there's a woman who works on the gay cruise who's really attractive and cuba gooding jr pretends to be gay so that he can get with this really attractive woman starring cuba gooding jr and horatio sands yep and vivica fox was in that vivica movie a. fox did it and roger rosalind, moore rosalind sanchez was the girl that he's trying to get uh, what a complicated movie. And a, what a it's like <laughs> I think it has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching it going, I don't even know what I'm supposed to think <laughs> right now. And that was even, you know, that's like uh uh for me at this time in my life, it's like it's like me grappling with even having an understanding about what it means to be gay and how I feel about that, you know, 
um, uh, and how that, how it, me- how it, what it means to be a, a man in society, and et cetera, et cetera. I think 2002 is what, like, I'm a sophomore in high school or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you old, uh, bro. I was still in middle school. And I'm school. like, yo, I'm grown as hell. <laughs> I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> um, but it, like, what it was like. But I remember that the movie being weird then. Like the that movie would be just the worst movie right now. But right. I remember it feeling and being weird then. Yeah, and uh, and it was weird for everybody else too. It cost twenty million dollars to make. <laughs> It only made fifteen million dollars worldwide. Only made eight million domestic, six million foreign, which is amazing. That even made that much, but it did. It bombed. It, it was. Uh, it was a failure. It lost the studio money. Um, but uh, then you have the Fighting Temptation. But here's the thing about this though: Snow Dogs, Boat Trip, both leading roles. You know, they may not be great movies. One made money, one didn't. But he's the lead of both of them. One's for adults, one for kids. Then you got the Fighting Temptations, which I think is Cuba being like, yo, let me do a black movie. Uh, let me go back to a black movie now. Because I've been, do- I've been trying to do these Oscar-type films. I try, to do an- I try to be an action hero. I try to be the Oscar guy. I try to be uh, the comedy guy, you know, with Rat Race and Boat Trip. I tried to... You know, I, I try to do all this stuff, you know, and I did a little family film. You know what I'm going to do? Let me do a black movie because I haven't really done a black film since, I guess, Losing Isaiah? If you, uh, no, you wouldn't even call that a black film. I wouldn't film. call Losing Isaiah a black film, no. So I guess that's since Boys, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood. Um, and, and so he comes back. He does The Fighting Temptations. Now, I love The Fighting Temptations. Why? Because I was very, very... Very Christian at the time, but like I remember I wanted new music, you know? I was bored with the Christian music I was listening to. I didn't like Christian rock. And I was like, I want gospel music. And the Fighting Temptations came out. The soundtrack was all gospel music. And I was like, yo, this soundtrack is fire. They're singing about Jesus. I can feel good seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. Beyonce Knowles is in it. That's right, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh snap, she's acting. And Cuba's in it. He's having a good time. It's about this dude, the city dude who comes to a rural area and leads a choir. <laughs> and it had this song in it with this rap song that's in the trailer that I downloaded and listened to and used and <laughs> oh, all did the you? time where they were like, oh, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be alive. Chastised and telling lies and still baptized. Look in my eyes. Can you see the pain? Why does the sun shine when who it rains? Who is it? Hard times got me feeling daddy never Yo. did a thing. I'm God's chosen. He put me in a room. He put me in the rose and keeps my wrist frozen. Never brown nose it like an explosion. I, right I cause now. a commotion. <laughs> Spit a truth like a prophet. I talk to the ocean. People fear what they can't understand. I thank God that I can. I'm st- stay focused, keeping him in my plans, never losing my faith. Haters gonna try to debate. Gotta be in my state of mind to relate. Gotta know that there's that this is the end. There's no time to wait. Time to change your fate, oh, man. Oh, and that, oh, you got to pray you don't up in the lake. Do whatever it takes. So many mistakes we make, but we go all get it right. We'll be down by the rivers. Riverside. Goodness. I'm watching the trailer. <laughs> Is Cuba, that's Cuba rapping Bars, that? yo. No, it's not Cuba. It's Bars. A, <laughs> I can't believe I still remember that. I actually started rapping that not knowing that I, if I remembered it, but I but I did. Uh, it's late, later on, like the end. You're not gonna get to it. You guys, it was an end. I wanted people to hear how corny this trailer is, but it's not happening how I wanted to. 
I still remember. I remember the. Was that on the title song? Was that on Fighting Temptations? The song. No, I remember that, w- that song because my uh, I'm bringing him up a lot in this episode, but um, uh, David, my who <laughs> was my best man, he loved this movie also and was a big uh, Destiny's Child and Beyonce fan at the time, and like loved the the Fighting Temptations song. I I like have very strong memories of him just singing like the Fighting Temptations, you know, like um, uh. Was that on that song though? Or was that on a different song? Uh, that I mean, the that's it's it's on the soundtrack, but that's a different song. So this song was called. Okay. Tu, it, the song is called "To the River," and it's T Bone. Yes. <laughs> a ra- oh, a a gospel rapper called T Bone Zane and Montel Jordan. Uh oh! Wow! Wow! I really got these lyrics like pretty spot on. That's crazy. I need to watch that movie now. <laughs> I have to say something that is my just favorite is, that is my favorite killing is, me right now. I pray oh, you right. don't end up in the lake. They're talking about the lake of fire. Oh, so, good God. Woo. Woo. Anyway, sorry. What are something you that is killing me right now is the poster for this. Because you were saying that Cuba was just like, uh, let me do a black movie, right? <laughs> the poster for this knows that that's what's happening. Because the, <laughs> the top is just... Cuba and Beyonce. It's not Cuba getting junior. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's right. Like, oh, Cuba and Beyonce. Like it's like yeah. We're just watching the movie with them in it. Like that's what the selling point is. Oh, it was that's a hundred percent. It was made for Christians and Black folk. Uh, and uh, and the thing is, you know, <laughs> I just looked it up. It was a thirty million dollar budget. It made thirty two million. So you know, it didn't really do that great. Oh, damn. Wow, I didn't, know it did, I didn't know it did that bad. Yeah, uh, didn't do, didn't do great at all. Wasn't a huge bomb, but like didn't do good. Did you look up the guy who made it, directed it? No, you know who's that, that guy? You should look up. You should look up just to see what he looks like. Just, the just, guy who directed just take a Jonathan Lynn. Just take oh a wow, he's an older white. Oh wait, that guy looks familiar. Oh my god, weird. Yeah, he's an actor. I was like, I've seen that guy before. He's an actor and a writer. Let's see what he's directed. He directed <laughs> Clue. Incredible. Yep. Nuns on the Run. Yeah, Clue is fantastic. He directed My Cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Murphy. The movie. Distinguished Gentleman. The Distinguished Gentleman. He did a lot. Wow. He has the whole nine yards under his belt. <laughs> Yo. Interesting. I liked the movie, but, you know, it was, a, it was, like, it was like made for black. It was like, anyway. That's what the Fighting Temptations was, and there will be a fans of ours who probably like that film too. All right, so that's his. That's that's what we got. That's what we got in between this little one up. You know, he he's he he's in the zeitgeist. People know him, but it's like ooh, like he's not doing great still. So when Wait, we get to two thousand three, is this still the cold open? We get to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought we were in it. I was ready. I have. I started typing up points. My bad. I was like, I'm in this. No, this is still the cold open, man. Yeah, man. This is a podcast, which is another form of radio. <laughs> uh, did I just help? Did uh, you just say this is a podcast, which is another form of radio? <laughs> I, uh, I feel dirty. I am I so, feel mad. so dirty. These last two weeks, I've been so mad at you. <laughs> Nick, just Nick, can, can you just uh. radio? 
Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Jerome Milligan, Jamie McGinn. What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. What is what is this exactly? I don't know. What is it? Ooh. <laughs> How long is this going to go on for? What is it? Is it the theme? Stop it. <laughs> uh yeah, it's the theme. It's the theme. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the radio theme. Great. All right, let's just get into this movie. Uh my name is Jonathan <laughs> Braylock. I'm Dry Milligan. And my name is James the Third. Oh, okay, we're you know, if you haven't realized by our twenty minute cold open, we're doing a <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. mini series. We are about to finish this series because uh i mean it's because it's over honestly <laughs> and we're finishing off with radio a 2003 film Damn. starring cuba Gooding jr and ed harris another movie inspired by a true story uh this movie um it was panned uh uh people did not like it they said that it was overly sentimental um, we're going to talk about whether or not it's questionable that he would play yeah. a role like this, what it, what it, what it means, how this person was portrayed. Um, and it was a Disney movie though. So, uh, oddly enough, made a little bit of money, not a lot. It was a $35 million budget. It made $53 million, uh, worldwide. Uh, so it didn't, didn't double its budget, but it, but it, it didn't, it didn't bomb. Uh, it came out in October, actually, October 24th. So that's a good time. You know, that's definitely within the Oscar window play. It's definitely like fall family football. You know, it's like so, uh, of course, it didn't win any Oscars. It didn't get nominated for anything except uh, actually it got nominated for an ESPY. <laughs> and uh, it got and uh, Cuba got nominated for an image award from the NAACP. <laughs> um he also got nominated and a Razzie, for, right? For a Razzie, uh, for worst yeah. actor. Um, and uh, that has to hurt, man. You go yeah. for an Oscar and you get a Razzie nomination. Yeah, I mean that. Ha- surprisingly, that happens a lot. Uh, That's gotta hurt, man. That definitely the has research to hurt, you're especially because he arguably didn't have a super successful big film after Jerry Maguire. I mean, the closest being Men of Honor, I think. Um. So you got radio, and uh, we're going to talk about it. But before we do, actually, before we even get into initial thoughts, let's do a quick commercial break. Let's just take a little refresh. Let's do a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. Hey, man, you know, James, I think I need to get a website, dude. Like for You got to get a website, man. Yeah, I think I finally got to do it. You have to get a website. I know. It's 2018, Gerard. Why you ain't got no website? And you know what? You know where you can get your website, though? Where? Where, bro? Squarespace.com. What, Squarespace? I've heard of Squarespace. Squarespace.com. Yes, because, you know, James3rdComedy.com is powered by Squarespace. What, <laughs> is, know, what, is that the place? You know what I'm, why are you, man? Is that the place where you can literally turn your cool idea into a new website and showcase your work? You know, maybe your love of certain things or maybe your dislike for 
people like James III. You can build a website about Yeah, things. you can do stuff like that. You know, you can announce an upcoming event or a special project like uh, James III needs love and not hate in the world. You know, <laughs> like the stuff that I the stuff that I be putting out, you know. Very you know, because Squarespace has beautiful templates created by world class designers, you know what I'm wow. talking about? They got e-commerce tools. You know, you can wow. sell anything you want online. Wow, that sounds great. I mean, it looks like it has a built-in search engine, like secure and free hosting, nothing to patch or upgrade, and 24-7 award-winning customer service. Customer service is rough, yes, baby. that's my favorite thing about it. They have 24-7 award-winning customer service and like, so it can be 3 a.m. and you can be like, yo, I have an issue with jamesthirdcomedy.com. Oh, why is my form not? Oh, I see. Thank you for talking me through it. Y'all are the best. Y'all should win awards. You should. Folks, do yourself a favor like I need to do. Go build yourself a website. Go to squarespace.com backslash jump, J-U-M-P, for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code jump to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's so you crazy. Squarespace.com slash jump. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you get yeah. <laughs> 10% off your first purchase. That's you, crazy. Yeah, man, I mean, what? I, yeah, man. What I was saying was, I was like, hey, yo, man, if you're going to get this website, you should go to squarespace.com slash jump <laughs> to get that 10%. You know? Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you can make it stand out, stand out with a beautiful website. Mm. All right, we're back. Initial thoughts. Who is going to start? Um, I can't. James, do you feel like you have a good... Okay, so, yeah. I mean, here's what I have to say. Here we go. Uh, Here's what I have to say, okay? (laughs) This is hard. (laughs) Uh, I had never seen radio before, okay? And, and I've been shitting on radio since 2003, okay? <laughs> but I, I have to say, I have to say, I loved Cuba Gooding Jr. in this movie. <laughs> I loved him. I James, loved him in this. James. I loved Cuba Gooding Jr. in this movie. Now, did I love the movie? No. This movie is a James. piece of hot garbage, okay? The movie is definitely trying to win an Oscar. They are playing with our, hot, our, our, our heartstrings. Literally fucked them for the scene of him playing ball in the rain by himself. Like, (laughs) yo, (laughs) I'm so mad at that scene. Like, why they have him playing ball in the rain by himself? Like, like I'm so mad at that scene. I'm so mad at the way that they are definitely trying to manipulate everybody with this movie. But I swear to you, I swear to you, Cuba Gooding Jr., I just, I was like, I love him so much. He's so good. This is not fair. Like, I'm so mad. (laughs) Okay? I just have to say, like, the whole time, it never went away. I thought it was going to go away. I thought at some point I was going to be, like, over it. It never happened. Um, And then another thing, though, right? Like, this movie is... I've been seeing this a lot lately, but, like, people talking about, like, we need to stop romanticizing mental illness. Like, this definitely has that all over it. It's like, oh, look at the magic of this man, right? And, like... The, I read some of that article that the movie is based on, and, like, that's definitely the POV of the article as well. And so, like, the, you know, so the movie is going to be a product of that. Um, uh, uh, so, like, that, I think it's problematic for that reason. Um, uh, radio is still, a, uh, is still a big figure there, or at least was, they say, at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, like, you know, all of that is 
true. Like, and that is like how he's been dealt with. Um, but I couldn't get over how literally from beginning to end, I was just wrapped with Cuba Gooding Jr. And I was like, he's just so good. Like, this is like so upsetting to me. I love that you said he does not. Do uh, you want go? You want me to go? Please go. Um, I've hated this movie for a long time. I don't think I'd ever seen it. I just knew I hated it. Uh, but James, you know what? You hit it on there. I was like, the whole time I'm watching this movie, it's like, Cuba deserves so much better than this. I was just watching it thinking <laughs> like, no, brother. Because the thing is, he is, he is so, I don't even know, man. Like, I understand that his character, you know, has a mental disability. And um, I'm, I'm actually reading about him right now. It's just like, he wasn't able to read or write. So I get that, but it's just, it, it felt like, I don't know if this character helps anybody. It, it felt, if, it, at certain points, it felt like, oh man, this is just, this is like every stereotype I, I've read that white people said about black people back in the day. Like the way he was speaking, the way he was moving. I was like, oh man, this is what they, they thought. And the fact this movie wasn't about radio. Man, this movie was about Ed Harris, dude. It began with Ed Harris. It ended with Ed Harris. Ed no, Harris, no, Ed, 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 no. Ed, the first shot is radio. Ed Harris has the first like big scene. Radio doesn't really show. Like doesn't he's speak. in it. He doesn't speak or do anything until twenty two minutes in, and that's when he's getting thrown in the closet. It's like, it's like, it's but like the he, first thing we see is him pushing a cart down. A, yeah, great, my man. And, he, and, and you know he does the. Whoa. I don't like it. Dude, tra- I don't hey, like wait, it. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. I ever Eddie, I'm <laughs> I am doing an impression of Cuba Gooding Jr. That's all. Yeah. No, no, yeah, this no, needs to be stated. I know. I'm I doing an impression Uh-oh, of Cuba Gooding Jr. What did I not see? No, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> no, he just. It, it, no, what, you, what did I not I'm see? I'm doing an impression <laughs> of Cuba Gooding Jr. Okay. It was, <laughs> don't. It was, I'm not. I, this is I, not. Okay, that's what's happening. I didn't all right. Understand. I want everybody to know this. The audience, you need to know it right now. What's happening is me doing an impression you know, of Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, I didn't, All right. Okay. I didn't good. Even, I didn't there even we have go. a chance. I didn't even have a chance to really react, but John knew instantly. <laughs> he, put his hands, he put his hands straight up in the air like Cuba did. I was like, the whole thing, this is my thing. The whole thing about the movie, I couldn't tell if I liked it because I couldn't tell if it was appropriate or not. And my thing is, and 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 I kept the entire time comparing this movie to I Am Sam, mm-hmm. which is a movie I love, which is also about a mentally... Um, a person living with a disability. Right. Uh, and the one thing I noticed between that movie and this movie is that Sam had urgency. Sam was trying to prove to the courts that he was capable enough to keep his daughter, and his daughter wanted to stay with him. Right. Um, whereas in this movie, it almost felt like the world was trying to figure out what to do with radio without radio really knowing or caring. And it right. became a thing if people kept saying, who's going to take care of radio? Like I'm reading the article about him, and they were like, no matter which coach came over the years, it was passed down that they would just take care of radio. That became a tradition of the school. The coach would take care of radio. Right. And I'm like, that's cool, but what is the urgency? And the thing is, maybe he didn't have it in real life, but because the, it's a, the agency. The agency in yeah, real life. I, yeah, I don't think he did. But as we've learned with a lot of these movies, we make we make up a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I think it would have been okay to give him that because you would have been able to flesh out radio. And I don't think this movie did it, so it's hard for me to latch on to it. As far as Cuba's performance, I don't know how to judge it because 
it didn't feel humanized because I don't think he had moments that he was allowed to. Like, again, I am Sam. There's moments with Sean Penn and Dakota Fanning where you feel for this dude. You feel so sad. You feel like, God, I want this dude to win. This daughter loves him. The daughter's fine. And then even when you think about Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump has that beautiful moment of when Jenny tells him that Forrest is a dad and he gets excited, but instantly in the same moment he goes, but is he like me? Like, that is a, you know what I mean? And neither one of those characters are at the height, if you will, of intelligence that most people are, but they still have a something that they can, a humanizing moment, whereas this, his mom dies, and I'm like, cool. But there were very few scenes with him and the mom in the scene to, like, build, mm-hmm. like, Jenny was in it, you know what I'm saying? Like, Sam and Dakota were, like, in all this, like, you felt it, like, it was, like, real. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was tough. It's tough. I don't know. I almost oh blast thing. Yes. This is the only movie. Mm-hmm. I said it before. I legitimately almost cut this movie off and almost right. thought about lying to you guys. I, I thought about trying to get away I, with it. I actually I actually thought about that too. I almost I tried to figure out how I to actually do it. fell asleep. <laughs> I actually fell asleep watching this movie and then and then like woke up this morning and I was like, do I have to finish it? Like I, I feel like I got it. How far did you get? Uh I mean oh oh when I fell asleep. Yeah. Um Pretty far, actually, like a, like an hour and twenty minutes into it. Even though, at at, at minute like at minute twenty five, I was like, I got it. I and it, the thing is, I've seen this movie before, oh. and, I, and I kind of didn't really remember it. Um, I saw this movie. I almost want to say that I saw this movie by myself too. Uh, oh, you're I courageous. feel like I saw it like in my local movie theater, and I remember watching it and just being like, I don't. Um. I remember watching it and like being like, yeah, it's a movie. Nobody's, this is a forgettable movie. It, it, it's hard. It, it, this movie, it's so difficult because here's, here, I'll say what I like about it. Uh, here, I'll say what I, this is what I like about it. There are moments in which radio is, is being radio and people, and there's just like this childlike innocence that he has, uh, of um that's very endearing and very charming and reminds you of the simplicities of life and like how much stuff we put on top of life to make it more complicated and hard and arduous and here's radio just living his life being really excited by getting a football being really excited by just being a part of the team you know what i mean like he's excited He's, like we say about James, happy to be here, you know? And there's, like, moments, there are scenes like that. (laughs) There are scenes like that where (laughs) we see everybody kind of, like, be... Be like, hey, radio, and like, like when he's like in the school and, and telling and like sees the girl running, he's like, no running, no running, and the girl sees, uh, radio, and she's like, oh, sorry, thanks, radio. And, and you're like, that's sweet, right? There are moments like that where I'm like, this is nice. It's nice to show, you know, why it's important to care about people who are living with learning disabilities and yeah. people who are cha- like challenged in, in certain capacities where the old world legitimately cast these people aside and pretend that they didn't exist or would like hide them or they would like... I mean, we still, I don't know why I'm saying the old world. We still do that. Oh, yeah. You know, so, uh, and it's great to see people caring about him and then how that makes, how that they, it's an it's a, it's a equal share. It's like, it's not just a burden. It's like, also radio is bringing people joy, you know? Um, and they're caring for him. Like, 
both of those things are true. And and I think the movie it it wants to maintain that balance, but it is so the score. The score of this movie is so overbearing to me. It's like, guys, we don't need you to like every moment be like It's like every moment they just want to make it like this big dramatic like, oh God, I'm so like, I feel so good like about life and love and radio and everybody's being so nice. And then there's this little bad guy who's like not that bad, but like he's a bad guy. And like, you know, it's, it's interesting. I looked, I try to look up the facts for this thing Mm -hmm. and, and it seems like, uh, uh, they said like the school opposition was not real. The school was like, yeah, they oh, accepted. Really? Yeah. Like when they brought him in, like, like the school, like was cool with it. And like nobody from the district board, like that whole guy who like, came over with a clipboard and was asking mm-hmm. questions, not real. That didn't happen. There wasn't a guy, like a father who was like trying to kick radio off the team. Like that wasn't a real person. Um, um, they said like the boys did do mean pranks on radio. It wasn't that prank. Like they didn't like tie him up and like throw him in a shed. But like they said like there was a part where like they like pulled down his pants and like like put paint thinner on his back at some point or like some things that were actually maybe even worse. Um, and like uh, there was like another thing that they did. So like and that makes sense. I'm like, there's no way you're gonna bring somebody with a, a learning disability and not have like high school boys like do something bad to this person. Like that's like high school boys do bad things yeah. to, to people who are less vulnerable. Like, mm-hmm. of course they're going to do it to this person. So I'm glad they like kept that in there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but at the end of the day for me, I, I kind of, I'm with you. I, I not only know, not only do I not know if this movie helps, I, I don't fully know what this movie was even about or like trying trying to to say say, like i and and i feel bad i I, it's weird i actually feel bad about it because i want there to be movies like this Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and even if it's with somebody who has less agency than um uh is it dustin hoffman and i am sam it's uh sean penn oh sean penn Mm -hmm. right so you have dustin hoffman was in rain man right and then you have sean penn and you have like tom hanks and forrest yeah gump like you have these people but like they're always like kind of they're always doing these amazing things and radio, you know. I mean, Tropic Thunder make that made the joke, yeah. and I feel like they were explicitly talking about radio in yeah. that joke where it's just like he's like he he is his his disability is is like so severe uh, that he doesn't he's not able to have that same agency and whether that's true of the real radio or not, I don't know. Yeah. But it's like they made him so severe that they like he can't he can't write he can't read. Um, he can barely speak. Yeah. He could. You, he could. You know, when, he fr- when he first when they first ca- ta- ta- start talking to him, he like was barely speak. Even when he speaks, it's it's hard to understand him. Uh, he he doesn't. You you rarely have a sense that, that he knows what what's going on. Like yeah. you know, uh, it's it. You know, in the movie they show like they trick. I'm, this is the longest freaking opening speech of all time. <laughs> I, I I guess I'm the reason I'm talking so much is I just don't I don't know how to feel about this movie. Which is why I think everyone ignored it. It's so easy to watch the trailer of this movie and be like, whoa, why would you ever do this? Make fun of Cuba Gooding Jr. and write him off. 
I actually don't even know if this is a good performance or not. I still don't. Yeah. Um, I feel like he was really trying. I feel like Cuba was really, really trying to be true to the real life radio. Um, so I'm gonna trust that he was like doing a pretty accurate representation of him because I feel like that. I feel like that would be important to him, yeah. you know. And I, and I and but that being said, this was not the movie to do, and I think this movie ended. See, I think this is like. Oh, I think this is the nail. Yeah, I think. But I think. You but know? I'm speaking on those roles. Hold on, just, I just, I'm gonna get you. I just, it's like one of one of my favorite performances. Probably is, damn, he might be. Oh, I hate to admit that. Uh, one of my favorite actors, maybe my favorite actor, maybe Leonardo DiCaprio. So I remember being younger watching what he, was eating Gilbert Grape. Right. Yeah. And exactly. Like, he did. And he too. does. And he de- and he definitely plays a a, a, a kid with um, a mental disability. Uh, and the way he does it. I think it's a little different than radio in Cuba. And I think it's solely because of how things are set. And I think, John, you might have said it in the Code Open where, oh, no, maybe offline before we even got on the, on the on air, that when you watch radio, a lot of things when he actually speaks are played for laughs. Um, so like when he gets on the radio and he goes, "Hey man, what we got to eat today?" Yeah, like when he's doing those things, right. it's like that's how he really is. Right. But they're doing it for a joke though, mm-hmm. and the joke becomes him. Whereas when things happen and what's eating Gilbert Grape, like yeah, Leo may you know speak a certain way or do something, but it's treated with, "Hey man," like yeah, that's cute. Like you may have like um, I can't remember her name, but the actress may laugh, but then Johnny Depp is there, and Johnny Depp is like, "Hey, you know you can't do that." Like he literally will like stop it, right? Or, like, try to help guide it. So that it's not funny. You know what I mean? Like, he may be like, oh, this is cute, but I'm not laughing at you, little bro. And there's a joke that you can do that's not really laughing at him. And it's like, the the one joke in this movie that I'm thinking of is, uh, uh, what's his name? (laughs) He was like, well, am I ever going to get the ball? And then Radio has the ball and like comes. He's like, he goes, you want the ball? Here's the ball. And then he pats him on the head. And that's hilarious, yeah, right? And you're yeah. not laughing at radio. You're kind of laughing at the situation where, yeah. where like, he's, the guy's saying, I want the ball. And, and it, it's like radio is showing, like, dude, chill, chill out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he gives him the ball. He's like, here, you want the ball? Here's the ball. Pass it on the head. Like, makes him the child. Yeah. Which, like, you know, that, like, that kind of joke is funny. But that's different but, than then, the, then, then, uh, hey, hit- hey, what pants should I put on? Right. I, yo, the, the scene that. Yo, and it was at the end. Just so for the I'll, record, Draw's doing an impression of Cuba no, Gooding this, Jr. There's an impression of Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> okay. Yes, thank you, John. Thank you, John. Uh, but it's the... And again, I understand people talking some way, but it felt like it was just a joke, man. It felt like they just made that dude a joke. It felt like he... And and I think either um, Alfred Wittard or the mom says, y'all just... Are you guys treating him like a mascot? I know. That line was so... Because that's what the movie felt like. It felt like they owed you... The mere fact that this kid... I was thinking the same thing. Like, when he talks about the pants, and the thing that bothers me so much, because the, the wife was on the phone, you can kind of tell she wants to talk to him, but every Sunday, everyone loves him. Like, you know, which one? And it, dude, when he goes, okay, I'm like, I, I get that that's a thing. I do. But you're not showing us, like, this is how radio figures things out. You're making people laugh at radio. You know what I mean? You're not giving him any emotional weight. You're not making him a person... You're making him somebody that has to be saved, somebody who has to be protected. Even if those things are true, that guy's still, I don't know. It's like, he's still a human, and I felt like we never treated him as one. And this whole, even at the end of it, when he gets the honorary, because he, what, he ends as a junior? 
even when they give him his honorary degree, it still felt like it wasn't about him getting the award. It was like, oh yeah, you can't live in society without having some type of degree or you know, without graduating high school. It, nothing felt urgent for him. So I, this movie makes me so mad. So mad. Hollywood is shut down. All production has stopped and funding for new projects is tough to come by. There has never been a better time to talk through the entertainment industry's issues and try to reimagine Hollywood. And that's what Hollywood the Sequel, a new podcast from LAS Studios, will be doing. Listen as journalist John Horn talks to some of the most important and up-and-coming actors, producers, and directors about what we can expect the future of Hollywood to look like. And more importantly, how it should look. Will there be greater representation for women, for people of color? Will there be a return to the small and intimate movie? Will there be a permanent shift towards streaming and away from movie theaters? Are YouTube, TikTok, and podcasts reshaping the media landscape once and for all? Can movie theaters rebound from shutdown with streaming and social distances as a norm? As Hollywood the sequels ask these questions and more, this limited run series will spark an ongoing conversation about how to use the current crisis as an opportunity to fix the entertainment industry's fault lines. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive Hollywood the sequel trailer. Available June 23rd. Download Hollywood the sequel for free at laist.com slash Hollywood the sequel or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's L-A-I-S-T dot com slash Hollywood the sequel. Hey everyone, it's Big Dipper. And Meatball from Sloppy Seconds, where we literally do it all. We interview some of your fave artists and performers like Shea Coulee and Lauren Lapkus. And Nicole Byer and Orville Peck and Joel Kim Booster. And Tony Soto. Do you think that people know who Tony Soto is? I don't think anyone knows who Tony Soto is. (laughs) Anyhow, we have the frank sexual conversations that you long to hear. Who's Frank? Never, never met him. We're just two friends screaming and having the time of our lives. Can't you tell from this amazing chemistry? (laughs) So please check out and subscribe Sloppy Seconds only on the Forever Dog Podcast Network. New episodes every Friday. Uh, Sorry, James, what were you trying to say? Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, I just think I think. You know, you you hit the nail on the head with a lot of stuff. Like, the reason that I sang the music at the beginning was just because, like, that music was just, like, so crazy. Like, (laughs) like they want you to feel something at every single moment. Um, uh, Get ready to go on a journey, like, the whole time. And then, like, with his language, like... The the article, I thought the article was interesting. I didn't read the whole thing. I think I had like I think I got about halfway through before we started recording. And um like the author like writes out what radio's voice is and it's in a in a um a phonetic kind of way. And it's uh you know, it's, you sometimes have to go over it a couple times to understand what the ri- what the writing is even supposed to be. So I think that, like, as far as the way it's portrayed in the movie, I, th- I think it's pretty accurate. I'm interested about the I'm interested in the in the thing about like whether they made radio a joke because I do think it's a line. I think it's a line, right? Like, like I don't think that they did not make him a human. If if one of the one of the lines in the article is like every sentence was a victory. 
for the for the people talking to him because he because he was was considered mute before they brought him on right right um, and so like you know I don't even know if it's that it's ma- I don't know if it's that it's making him a joke um, or if it's like look th- he sees the world this way are we th- are we now laughing at him okay but it's like if that if that even is real it's like it that's part that's for this movie anyway that's like part of the like um we're trying to draw you in like isn't radio wonderful like we love him you know um and so all of that is just like is super interesting to me so i'm interested to talk uh, yeah. for us to to get into it um okay so i'm scared i mean well so this movie starts with like yeah radio he's he, He's pushing um, a cart, a shopping cart. He's got a, some stuff in there, but he's also got this old-looking radio that he's playing. And uh, you think it's the same radio from Men of Honor? <laughs> Yo, I love, I love that there was a radio in both of these movies. Also, the other thing that was funny is that <laughs> Men of Honor, Men of Honor, he's like a cook in like the Navy, and then in Pearl Harbor, he was a cook in the Navy. I remember, I remember that, like seeing both of those movies back to back and being like. What the flip? I you cooking, bro? <laughs> what you cook? What you cooking, bro? Like, well, what's happening? Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, basically, the beginning of this movie is just like him, like walking around town, like pushing this shopping cart, and like people kind of looking at him and being like, oh, "Who's this?" Which I'm also like, "What?" <laughs> which also I was like. Is this the first time you're seeing him? Like, well, my like, you guys had to. This feels like a small town. Like, you had to have known who this dude was, and it and they did. Apparently, this story they condensed. Like, he first appeared in like 1964, and like it it, it was like a it was like a huge. This spans across many many years. And mm. is it anyway. bad that the first thing I thought in my mind was, ain't no black dude about to be pushing no cart. In some all white neighborhood, just all willy nilly like this. Only reason I it's say that it's not. Yeah, only reason I say that because it was South Carolina too. And, and I'm like, and this is in the '60s. Was it two, three years ago? Um, uh, a person of color, mentally disabled person, um, got out. Police show up. Dude is sitting. There's footage. Dude is sitting in the middle of the street. Guns are pointed on him. The aide runs up. And this, this is when the guy was like, I'm going to put my hands in the air and lay down. And he still got shot. Do y'all remember this shit? And I'm like, I'm like, there yeah. is no way. And, and it sucks. I know this is a movie. And I understand. Like, I don't want to see black people keep getting like. But it was hard for me because I'm like, I, the, wor- the, world isn't, the world isn't that nice to black people. Period. Right. And the world isn't that nice to people with any type of disability. You know, like, I, I feel like I grew up. I mean, you know, I feel like yeah. the, the world isn't kind. So this kid is, is has a, a mental disability and he's black, he's poor, and people probably can't tell if he's fucking homeless or not. There's yeah, he no, looks homeless. And he looks homeless. Yeah. And there's no way people who can't speak, who can't read, there's no way the world is going to be that fucking nice to them. And again, this is another one of those goddamn movies where no one wants to be the fucking bad guy. And I'm like, no, man, this, half yeah. this fucking town is bad, period. And I'm like, no, I'm like, have you fuck, have you guys are fucking assholes. And the thing is, because we live in this world where like the '60s, the fucking '70s is so far away, we're not, we're not that bad. Oh, there were still good ones. Yeah, there were still good people. I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, for the most part, when you hear about some of these stories and what really happens to people, it's people at these fucking lunch tables. It's your grandma. It's your auntie who are fucked up. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, there's no way this dude will be left in peace. I just, I just don't believe it. 
I don't believe that this kid will be able to walk around and be happy. I just don't. I don't, man. Yeah, I, I can't walk I mean, around and here and, be happy. and Gerard, like, like, like Bray was saying, like the stuff that happened to him before he gets brought into the high school is like really bad. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, they they kind of talk they talk about it a bit in the article, and it's like it's worse than the stuff that we see. We still end up seeing some bad things in this movie, but it's like he. The shopping cart thing is also part of it. They they say it in the article that he does he did ride down the the he does like ride down with his arms outstretched in the in a in a shopping cart. But like the way he was treated growing up was like terrible was was so bad and the movie doesn't go into it at all. Right, cuz we don't see his beginning. He kind of pops up. Like there was a part of me when this movie first started where where I thought, "Wait, is Radio Magical Negro like? Yeah, because he, he kind of just comes from out of nowhere. Like it's just like he's just starts appearing, and like the white people start noticing him. Like he, like they never noticed him before, and mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, he's just like kind of circling this like football, this high school football field, and you know you have Ed Harris who plays the coach, and uh, apparently he wasn't like the varsity coach at the time when he first saw Radio. He was like an assistant coach, and blah blah blah. It doesn't matter, I guess, but um. You know, he sees him and he, like takes notices of takes notice of him, but doesn't do anything. And then like, and then like one time, like you you know they they give him some water or whatever, and like okay, cool. And then like and then the next day, it's like they come to practice and they're they they see the shopping cart, but it's abandoned, and they're like, wait, what what's happening? And then they realize that these boys have like locked him in this room, and they're like throwing footballs at the shed that they locked him in and and he's terrified and so they cut him loose and and it's basically this is the moment that like gives him the motivation to like start like taking care of radio hey i'm gonna tell you this i ain't about to talk about ed harris i'm not and the thing is and it's <laughs> like and this is no, it's, it's funny because it's a I'm, decent performance like no it's, it's the thing about him and because one of my friends listen to the podcast ed harris is a nice human Ed Harris is the reason one of my friends is doing very well right now. Mm-hmm. So Ed Harris, the person, is nice. So I don't want to make it like I'm crapping on Ed Harris. What I'm simply saying is I'm not about to talk about Ed Harris because I want people to know how very little involvement Cuba has in this. Like Cuba scenes, if you take just take radio, yeah, just truncate radio scenes. Movies what an hour and forty nine minutes. Radio performance wise on screen, maybe forty nine of those minutes. Or a little bit. Yeah. More. Are you talking about? That's not true. He's always. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. No. He's man. always there. Even no, that even don't though count, man. Said, I know you're saying it doesn't count, no. but I just want I just want to show tell everybody he's always there. You you always see him now. Whether he's actually doing anything other than just like like smiling and looking down or whatever, that's a whole other thing. You're right about that. But like he's always just there. Like, like but this. You know, they're like doing something and they look up and he's there. And like, it happens like three, like, because I remember you said you don't really see him much in the first 20 minutes. But then I was watching, I was like, I was like, I see him a lot. He's not doing anything. <laughs> but, but like, he's like taking a football and then like putting it in his cart and like, and then just like pushing a cart around and, and that's it. But I'm like, he's there. See, it's hard because I don't know if you guys ever seen the movie Neil. It, uh, Neil, I think. Um, it has uh, 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 Jodie Foster when she was younger, uh-huh. and she plays um, basically this, this based on a true story again. Uh, uh, a child that was like left in the woods, kind of raised oh, wow. herself or whatever. It's so funny how many of these. Movies yeah, it, it, it's a lot. But the thing is, like this movie again was a movie that was praised. It mm-hmm. also had um, 
Liam Neeson in it, and Liam Neeson plays the guy who like finds her. Like she has to learn how to speak and how to deal with like just society because she doesn't know it. And I kept thinking about Cuba because Cuba is looking down a lot for the most part of the movie. Cuba doesn't talk because he doesn't know how to. Right. So he's trying to do a lot he's with like emotions. Scared a lot. He's scared a lot. But what I realized with Neil is that even though she wasn't able to get things across using her voice a lot, you still saw because that movie gave her urgency. Like so, for instance, like. Uh, uh, Liam Neeson was in it, but right. the star of the movie was Neil. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, the whole point was trying to get her back to where she needed to be. And, like, so she would be doing things. She would be, like, lashing out. She would, like, she would have some type of right. emotional reaction to things besides sadness or brutality. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the thing is that in this movie, Neil, I think it's radio and Cuba Gooding Jr.'s performance, he's pretty much. It's like, it's just like, he has like two levels. It's like shy, timid radio, like shy, timid, kind of scared, doesn't want to upset you. And then really excited, really happy radio. And you have like those two. And, and you really only have that one scene where he's, um, where his mom dies. Uh, that's like the only scene in which you see a kind of different radio, like the broken, I mean, I guess you see like a terrified radio in the in, in that shed, but then you see like a sad, broken radio who like is angry and like and like destroyed his house. But the thing is, we don't see him destroy the house, right? We see the aftermath. Yeah, which right? We don't see his emotional. Ugh, so that's reactions. what you're talking about. Because because yes. again, <laughs> again, I'm looking I'm looking up the plot to Neil, and I'm like, uh, so all right, just just get people like I, honestly, it's, it's, I think it's a movie people. This is watch. an old movie. So old movie came out 1994. Um, it's about a woman who's raised by her mother, sorry, in an isolated cabin. The mother dies, and it's kind of unknown how long she's been living in the cabin by herself. Uh, so, you know, she's not used to dealing with humans. She really can't speak that well. Jodie Foster was nominated for an Oscar and Golden Globe, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about it, and she won a Screen Actors Guild for this movie, for Best Actress. And the thing is, there's just moments of her, even, even, even if it isn't refined, because the whole thing about it is that you know, as us, if you're like able-bodied, you know, mentally capable or whatever, like you know how society expects you to act and how to right. handle things. So there's a rawness to people who are unfiltered by those things. And he never got the moment to lash. Like even when he was tied up and thrown in that um in the closet, to me that was his best performance in the movie because like you saw real fear in his eyes. But he runs off, and then we're left with Ed Harris. And then in the distance, like John said, you still fucking see radio. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like no. And, it's, and the thing is, I think it's very difficult because humans are assholes. So we laugh at things that people laugh at things that make them feel uncomfortable. So I'm looking at this scene, and it's a very heavy scene. And there's a shot of like the, Ed Harris looking at the kids, and behind the kids, faintly you just see radio. But he's not running anymore. He's just like. Chilling, and I'm like, is the Cuba is Cuba walking to the to the cart, or did he not know they were still filming? But he's just in the background, bro. Like he's just there. And I'm like, why is Ray? Like, is it part of the like? What is he doing? Is it on purpose? Like he's not doing. It. He's just there, dude. Just, just out there. Of, they made him he's a joke, scared. and it's not okay. Like that's like, he's not okay. Like my my man, he just went through a traumatic event, yo. And I'm like, if this director and this editor did not notice that he's still in the background of this shot, this movie, <laughs> just like chilling, dude, that's like you getting jumped. And like me and James having a discussion, like, yo, man, 
what happened to John was terrible, man. But then for some reason, like you get up to go home and I just see you on the corner, just like not doing anything, like not sad, you're not crying, you're not mad, like I, you're just chilling. Like that's so weird. I was trying dude. to see what other things this dude directed, and uh, oh man, I, I mean nothing really. Okay, never mind. He didn't really direct Squat, but like Cuba. I'll say, go ahead, sorry. I'll I will say this because I because I 100 percent agree with um with what you're saying, Gerard, <laughs> about how like the movie was like not about radio, like it was more about Ed Harris. At the beginning of the movie, though, even though he do, even though radio doesn't quite start doing much until until later on there at the beginning of the movie it still very much felt like it was like Cuba Gooding Jr. is leading this right like he get I think it's and it's for these reasons and it's only these reasons and they're superficial ones he, he has the first shot right oh three reasons he has the first shot he the movie is called radio um and then he is first built. He's built. He's in in the in the credits of this. His name comes up before Ed Harris, right? Which it doesn't so in Men of Honor. For the first nope. like, which right, right, which is not the case in Men of Honor. So for the first like thirty five to forty five minutes, it felt like the movie was like about radio, and 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 I was like, wow, like because you know. Um, it's actually hard to get inside his head because he's not he doesn't speak much like they are doing right. a, they're doing their best to try to convey this through his through his lens and then like there is definitely a point and i think it's stuff like this like we don't we don't see them put him in the in the in the um closet and we don't see him tear up the house and like it's because of stuff like that because like they start to just show us seeing Ed Harris experience radio, it's like, okay, they've they've given up on this being about radio now. You know? That's like, a great point. It, it's like they make a decision to to right. not do that. You're right. You're right. We yeah. don't see we're not seeing this movie through radio's eyes. We're seeing this movie through Ed Harris's eyes. Um and and it's like radio's there. It's like yeah. it's like they kept it, this is what it felt like, honestly, watching this movie. It felt like because here's the thing: the beginning of the movie, when we're just with radio, I was like, even though it's hard because man, those prosthetic teeth, and like, man, I, honestly, those prosthetic teeth—they're like, they're they're real. Like, it's like they're going for it in this way that you're like, you're like, whew, this is okay. Well, it, did feel, it didn't feel again. It didn't feel grounded. I think if it would have been a movie that wasn't so glossy and bright like a Disney movie. It would have felt different if he had those teeth. It would have been played more, not gritty, but more grounded in reality. Right. You know, right? And and so, but we first, yeah, and we like first see him, and he's like having fun, and he's riding this cart with his stick, and like, you know, he's like walking on the train tracks, and the trains coming. He's like, oh, and like, you know, <laughs> he definitely says that. By the way, he oh he God. says, oh, and then he like you know get like barely gets off the train in time. But we're supposed to be laughing at it, not like it's scary, yeah. you know? And, like, he's walking down, he's walking down the street, and people are looking at him, but he's, like, minding his own business. And there's a part of me that was like, we could keep with radio. Like, we can see this movie through his eyes. Because there was a part of me that was thinking what James was saying, which is, oh, they're they are trying really hard, but it's super hard to have a film with a person who uh, isn't, as aware as everyone else is or is aware in a different way and 
has learning disabilities and, and, and it's hard for him to speak and, and he can't read and he can't write, you know? So like maybe like it's just, you can't make a movie with that person. But, but that's when I think, well, actually you probably can. And this movie just didn't even really try. Like mm -hmm. we're thinking they tried hard, but the reality is they didn't. They wanted, it, it, it's really hard to not look at this film and think, they like everybody who's making this film thinks they're doing a good job. Like they mm -hmm. think they're being a good person. Yeah. And like, and then all the characters in the film feel like they just think they're being good people. Yeah. Like they're only doing it to like be a good person, which, you know, there's a part of me that's like, it is like you, you should do good things, you know, like you should try to do good things for people. But there's something about it that was just like, look at us, like doing a really noble, good thing without actually seeing his humanity and learning from him and thinking that this person has anything to teach you because they say it a lot. He says it many times in the movie, radio's teaching us or radio's like, you know, we're the ones who are benefiting from radio, but we never really understand why. No, because you see him at the practice and yeah, he's there. He's like, he's having fun, but it doesn't feel like people are supporting him. It feels like again, they're laughing and making fun of him. Like when he's, when he's holding the um, when he's holding the pads and they gotta come through and like hit him, but he hits the one kid. It's like all right, knocks cool. him over. Like cool, but then when he's like <laughs> no. at the game, he's at the game and like their warm ups and he's like just running around and like messing with people as they're doing the warm ups. I'm like, this doesn't feel good. Like it didn't feel good to look at it. You know what I mean? It didn't feel good to see, even if that's what he did. There were times where it felt good for me for him, like him being on the sideline and being so excited. I was like, I was like, that's so sweet. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have. Here's what I. Here's what I really want. We're not even talking about this movie. That's fine. Like you know, I mean, can no, we I even mean, talk I, about not, it sequentially? Not, what are we gonna talk about? We gonna talk about. We already, we already said he got thrown in the closet. They bring him back. They're like, oh, now you're gonna be the water boy. They find him. They give him a burger, and then he snatches the burger. And like now he's sitting there <laughs> eating the burger. And it's Burger King. So I saw Burger King. What you did there? You got your Whopper in there. Oh man. Oh, they had Burger King all up in this movie. Oh yeah. Burger King was in Oh, yeah. <laughs> proud sponsor of this film. A proud sponsor of radio. <laughs> yeah. uh, Burger King and Coca-Cola. Those are the two I clocked. So oh, yeah. here's yeah. what I... Here's, they had this mini arc with the, uh, the star athlete, right? Mm -hmm. The basketball player whose father, conversely, was like the main villain of the movie. Mm -hmm. Just doesn't like radio. You know, not like... Not really mean... Not like super mean-spirited. Just mm -hmm. like... Just kind of like, honestly, saying things that, you know, he's like, don't you think this is a distraction? But he's like being like pretty yeah. hard about it. There was a part of me also that I was like, I was actually annoyed with Ed Harris's character because I wanted to be, I wanted to say, you know, it's okay to have these conversations. You don't have to get pissed at everybody who simply asks a question like, is it safe for radio to be in this school? He's a grown man. <laughs> like, it's like, it's yeah. not a weird question to yeah. ask. It's like, he's a grown man. <laughs> He's a grown man, and these are teenagers. They're like 15, 16 years old. It's not necessarily like, it's like for them to be like, will he have a chaperone at all times? Like, that's a very reasonable a question. question to ask. Because no yeah. one knows what his mental disability yeah, is. Like, and, and, like, and the thing is, like, you can have somebody who's like very good natured and good hearted, but he's still a human being. And if a kid does something that they're not supposed to do, like makes fun of him or whatever, they're not supposed to do that, but that could happen. And then if he turns around and like chokes that kid out, is he? Lenny? That's a problem. Like my whole time is like, because I, I hadn't seen this movie, 
I was like, is this is this like of mice and men? Like, is he gonna like mess up one of these kids right. on accident or something? Right. And the thing is, I'm like, if you're gonna do this movie, right? If you're gonna have the bad guy dad in the are we to believe the son's racist or just ma- hate? No, no, I, I don't think. Dis- I don't think racism is actually not a factor in this movie at all, which is very interesting. We could talk about that. But it's the kid, uh, so the kid just doesn't like. I it. think the kid just is like, he's just like, he's just a bully. He's a uh, bully who's picking on a, a special needs person. My, it, it sucks because I'm like, all right, man, if you're gonna play in these tropes, you go for it. Like I, and that's, I think that's my problem with like hidden figures. Yeah, hidden figures is the new. Yo, is the help a Disney movie? Because it feels like a Disney movie, <laughs> no, but, but it feels think. like it feels like again yes, they have right. these little moments where I'm like, go for it, and I think that's the difference between this and Remember the Titans. Because Remember the Titans, I think it shows you how bad things were, and it still, I guess, was pretty and fun. Where this yeah, just glosses that, over that Disney for sure. Oh, for sure, good. Because screw that. Uh, but it's like they show you like radio had to have gone through tough, tough times outside of this one incident of being thrown in the closet, and I'm like, you just gotta. Sh- Everyone isn't just playfully joking. Well, at radio. well, we had so there's three tough times that radio has. It's it is the closet. Mm-hmm. It's he gets arrested. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, he gets left off the bus. Yo, when radio gets arrested, I've never been so mad in my life. And that was, but see, that was that was the most real moment of the film, right? It was like, it was like. It was what you're saying in the beginning. It, I was there's like, a person. There's a black man who looks like he's homeless. Moving around with the shopping cart, have it like with items in the cart, given out, and people and a white cop comes over and he's like, Where did you get that stuff? Mm-hmm. He can't speak to the cop. So the cop slams him on the car and arrests him. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing about that is I'm like, I don't know how to say this. I I, I don't I don't want to see police brutality. I'm just saying we live in a world where like you are not about to have no black dude keep moving this cart out the way in front of this cop. That cop barely gonna let you move once. My man radio was like going in circles, like, no, get out the way. And then the mere fact that those other cops got him out of the jail cell so quick and gave him some pizza. Like, nigga, pizza? Y'all, like, y'all know. Well, because they knew radio. This is my thing. This is my thing about that, bro. It's like, they could have known radio. They could have known radio, but they didn't, even, they didn't even reprimand the other cop. Well, it was, you're right. We like, didn't see them reprimand. Like, thinking, he was he, just typing up a report. And then, like, Ed Harris comes in and, like, gives him a dirty look. Like, and he, he looks. He doesn't know me. We he, haven't like, met. He pouts. I'm like, no, man. If you go, if you, this is my thing. They kept doing shit, but not, don't like, doing it. Right. If you're going to say this cop is fucked up, this is what cops do when they just strictly judge somebody, like, in a snap judgment. But the other cops are like, oh, no, this is a good dude. Those cops should have spoke to that cop. We should have had the scene yeah. of radio sitting in that goddamn seat. And one of those cops saying, you can't just come up on people. And they try to make it like, oh, he's new, and that's what you fucking do when you're a new cop. Fuck that. Say, like, we don't do that here. Give me that. Give radio that scene. Like, let give me a shot of radio realizing or trying to figure out what's happening, man. Like, things were happening to him, but not with him. Right. Uh, and I wonder even, like, <laughs> I wonder even how much the law was involved. Like... Bray was saying earlier that thing of like you're allowed to have these conversations about like what's going on with radio. He's an adult. He's around these kids, right? In the article, I just want to read this line from the article because I thought it was so crazy um, that seemingly nobody cared. So uh, uh, they're like, uh, in no time, uh, Coach Jones was inviting radio to school games, um, and then and then soon radio was following kids in the health class, history, and social studies. And then this is the part. 
Sure, it probably broke some law, and no doubt it exposed the school to all manner of liability. But one glare from Coach Jones was all it took to keep radio in line. One threat that he would be banished from the team if he misbehaved. Um, what? Like, you're just going to brush away the fact that, like, maybe there were law? Or did no one care? Like, did, no, but did that's the law the, and the, did that's they the really thing. not care, you know? That's the thing is that the actual story is in the school, nobody cared. They actually were fine with it. Everybody was, everybody at the school, for whatever reason, they were fine with it. And I think like, and I think it's, and this is probably why race didn't really come into play in the movie is because like the actual school, because radio had such, I think, severe uh, learning disabilities, they were okay with him just being there because he was essentially a child. Like he was like yeah. a little child, like, a, and like what, and here's a, here's the, here's the really messed up part about it is that I, I personally wonder if you were to take somebody from now and go back into that time and watch how everyone treated radio. I'm wondering like, were they treating him like a pet? Were they treating him like a mascot? Because the reality yeah. is they Probably a lot of people. This movie felt were. like he was. At, it at was no, like a. I don't know. Did you? And here's the thing. Did you guys not have that kind of? Did you have that at your high school? Because I feel like we did. I feel like we had the people who were like somewhat autistic, who would be the scoreboard keepers, or like they like they would be a part of like sports in this weird way, you know. And 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 it was that weird like balanced line where like you know they're getting something from it so there's something and like people mm. are there and they're like yeah that's that dude like we love him he like comes out with the team but there's like also yeah. the sinister side of it where like there are a bunch of high school people who are like making fun of him and like doing things like tricking him and like they he doesn't that person doesn't understand and they're like laughing about it like there's a cruelness within the niceness you know yeah. and and, it, and there's and so but this movie really like separates those things and tries to pretend like there were only a couple of people who didn't like them, didn't like him. And then everybody else was like kind of okay. And then like the school board was fighting against him. So it, it was, no, I'll know. say this. I'll say this. I do think that the movie definitely ignored, ignored that stuff, but there was a moment that rubbed me the wrong way. That is, I think an example of this that you're talking about that, that, that is a next to nothing part of the movie, but it, it irked me. Um, it's like shortly after radio is like in the school or whatever and like, and like starting to do classes and he goes into like an office or something and you know, the music is playing and it's all nice. And then like he passes a woman and she's like, where's my hug or something like that. She like demands a hug from him. And it was like, yo, he wasn't going to give you a hug. Like he, like he very clearly didn't give you a hug on purpose so like you're like demanding this kind of behavior or action which which you know uh is i mean i know it's a small innocuous part of the movie but it's like that's abuse on some level <laughs> like you're like forcing him to give you a hug he wasn't gonna do that so like you're taking advantage of his of knowing that he's gonna knowing that he's gonna do that if you if you ask him to you know and I, I definitely think that the movie could have explored that sort this weird line of like even more like they had the line of it you know are you treating him like a mascot but they could have explored that more for sure yeah because I mean that was the thing I was fascinated by is like all right we're not going to focus on him what are we saying about the people around him you know what I mean like right what are we saying and and it, what was so annoying to me was they kept 
asking him. Everyone kept asking him, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And he would keep like just not giving an answer, which I, watching the movie, I was like, this is so annoying. And even when the pay, even when the payoff comes, I was like, you could have said that up top. Like, we didn't yeah. need, what is this? Like, was this the, you know, he finally says to his daughter, there was this, I had a paper route and there was this kid, you know, who was similar to radio and they had him like locked up in the basement and like, I saw him and like, I looked at him, but I didn't do anything, which I think, I think is actually true. Like, that's what he, like that yeah. happened. And like, and I know that happens and I'm sure that still happens today, which is so yeah. sad. It, it, like you have, you have families who would like hide these kids yeah. and, and like kind of like lock them away so that like society like doesn't see them. And like, you know, you have people who are saying like, oh, I'm doing it for the child, but, yeah. but that, it's not really for them, you know? It's, anything, it's about, anything about it too is that uh, uh, character wise, I'm trying to figure out the growth Cuba radio has. Like radio... I guess gets his GED. Well, I guess the girl. Well, no, he definitely does not. Well, oh, he's an honorary diploma. What is it again? What is <laughs> yeah, he, get? he gets an honorary, honorary diploma. Honorary diploma. So he gets that, and I'm just thinking about it the entire time. Yeah. Of and he's like speaking more, and like you know, he has some place to be. He has some, he has purpose in life. He has like a life instead of just aimlessly wandering around town. Wait, is this? Wait, what is the end shot of this movie? It's like when radio is like um, getting getting a. Getting a degree, right, or the the, the honorary degree? Yeah. Does it end with him longingly looking at Ed Harris, just like he no. longingly lo- doesn't? It does not end with him just looking at him like we did it. <laughs> he throws the he throws his hat up in the air. I think. Uh, he throws we, his hat up in the air, and then I feel like the next scene is like the real radio, like years, like in the present day, mm-hmm. like coming through the through the football. So here's an interesting thing that they left out of the movie completely. Uh, he had two brothers. Um, they mentioned one. He had an older brother. Oh, they mentioned him. She mentions, I have, I have another son, and he's okay. He's okay. He has a younger brother who has the same... Oh, really? Yeah, same disability. And apparently the father had, had disability. So it's like this genetic disease that was being passed down. And the younger and like I don't I've read, I don't I, I again I read this off the internet so maybe it's not true but I read that they were like the younger brother who has the same disability did not get this treatment from the school mm. like <laughs> just you just know like no one cared yeah like and like the, yeah the mom had a there was like a step that there was like a stepfather with the mom also the mom didn't die until like in the like 90s like the mom like lived for for a while um and then even when the mom died um the older brother like took care of radio not i mean ed like ed harris's character was like all like still part of his life and like helped stuff but they didn't show how like the family was taking care of this you know like the movie kind of like made it seem like ed harris was like the only person like the mom was trying to but she really couldn't because she was working so hard and then she passed away and then it was like ed harris was like the one who was like and, and, and i'm sure this man did help obviously he he brought him into this school and then the school took care of him in this community way but like i don't know there's something interesting about ignoring the other family members well to me this movie which is why it's hard for me to talk about it because i don't have much to say because the movie isn't about radio Right. Like it's just not like radio doesn't have any weight. We don't really know much about his family. 
you know, the, the conversation when we find out about his brother and everything about him is between Ed Harris and the mom. You know, uh, we don't we don't get that much info about this dude, and it it hurts the movie because when I think about it, this movie should not have killed Cuba Gooding. It shouldn't have. This shouldn't have, this shouldn't have killed his career because I'm thinking about Ed Harris was in this movie. I can think of some of those other bombs. It was Anthony Hopkins in that movie. You know, like there are so many other people who have bombed. I think about yeah, bomb with like they, like I, like Army Hammer. Like, and this is no diss to him. He even talks about it. He's had a string of bad luck at the movies, and then he still got opportunities. And Bryce he acknowledges, Howard. yeah, it's like they still get opportunities, yeah. and it's like he should have had more. Because my thing is, even in this movie, like James said, I don't really know how to judge his acting, but I do agree with James where he's like, Yo, I think he's doing a good job. I think he's and like you said, I think he's being genuine to how radio really was. Mm-hmm. I just think how the movie is framing his performance is probably not the best. I think because it wasn't grounded because. He's played for laughs where the writing should have been stronger. And I don't think that's on Cuba. I think Cuba did. I think Cuba probably was method for a year. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like he had little nuances that you could tell, like, anytime he got mad or when he was, like, kind of scared or something like that, he would stiffen up. But then, I don't know, he still was, like, looking down and around. But, you know, he, he would do something different, which I think is a very professional actor job move and it just sucks because this movie definitely broke him because I looked it up what a year or two after this he did a look five or six years straight of just straight to DVD movies dude so after this oh my goodness like some of these movies came out like they 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 actually came out into theaters but they made nothing like some of the movies (laughs) some of these movies made like Hundreds of thousands of dollars only. What was it? What was it? Like, he has one Uh, with Helen Mirren, and I'm like, exactly. So, you have this one called Shadow Boxer with he had this string of action films. First of all, no, wait, the the, the movie he's in after this is an animated movie called Home on the Range. That movie (laughs) cost 110 million dollars to make, it made like 50 million dollars. Home on the Range, I don't even know that one. It's an animated film with like a a mo- I just I I am honestly I am actually kind of surprised how many utter complete box office failures Cuba Gooding Jr. has been a part of. It's like it's somewhat impressive where you're just like, dude. I mean, he just does. He picks an animated movie and like all animated movies feel like the same. You know what I mean? Like you're just like, oh, it's animated well. movie. Like they usually do well. He picks the one that is like a uh, uh, just a complete disaster. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing. This is the thing that I that I I'm struggling. I've struggled with the most this whole time we've been uh, reviewing him. Right? Is like, yes, we can look at radio and say that like radio was it. It was the last one, um, right? But like we've also talked about how he's turned down some bangers, some movies that ended up being bangers. He turned them down, and then we can also just talk about the movies that he ends up doing, and it's kind of like those movies just end up being like. Bad. So like, and and if you look at it, he hasn't stopped working. He's been working steadily yeah, this whole time. Not as so a... like, is Cuba? Yeah, but is that? But whose fault is it? Oh, for really? sure. I don't know whose fault it is. I mean, I it's hard. It, it, I do think he has to take some blame just uh, just because of the movies that he turned down that we know that he turned down. And you're like, dude, you shouldn't have turned that down. I'm sorry. And and yeah. the, and, and the and the fact that somebody gave him the advice work with great directors like that's what you do and he didn't take it like he has to have he has to take some blame on that but like here's my thing he goes 
So Home of the Range like is an utter bomb, and like he, it's also a voice a voiceover actor. That's why I'm like radio was really the last thing. Shadow Boxer, Dirty, Endgame. These are all generic action films. I mean, Shadow Boxer has Helen Mirren in it, um, but like Dirty, like nobody else is really in this movie. And and Endgame, who knows? And Dirty made like nothing. Uh, Endgame isn't even in box box office uh, mojo. Then he plays a. Uh, 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 like a a smaller role in Norbit, you know, uh, which is obviously a bob. He has this strange movie called What Love Is, which I looked up. It made eighteen thousand dollars in the movie theater. Wait, what made eighteen thousand? Oh, What Love Is? Oh, meaning like no. it probably came out in like four theaters and still didn't do well. Um, yeah, I mean <laughs> it's like him, uh, Anne Hayes, Matthew Lillard. Yeah. <laughs> Then he's in Daddy Day Camp, yeah. which is like a sequel to Daddy Daycare. That didn't do well. Uh, and it's like a sequel that like nobody asked for. I remember him in American Gangster. I remember seeing, and it's so crazy because 2003, radio is two, 2003. American Gangster is 2007. It's only been four years. But I remember when I saw him in American Gangster, because I obviously didn't see any of these other films. I was like, I remember seeing him in American Gangster being like, oh my God. What happened to Cuba Gooding Jr.? That's when uh, exactly. That's when I really? said that because I remember his role in that movie was so small. And the thing is, you had all these black actors in that movie. Idris Elba was in that movie. Obviously, Denzel was crushing it. Common. You had Common. You had Ti. You know. You exactly. Like, and I remember being like, "Why did, why did, why did Cuba Gooding Jr. one? Why did he even take this role? And two, like, what? Why? Like, why?" Like what happened? Like, yeah. and I remember, and like, he was pretty good in the movie. He plays this like dude who's like, he's like a bad. I don't know. He he he's, he's one like of kind of washed dealer. up. He's a drug dealer, but he's like you know. Anyway, but I remember he was in that. So then, I mean, like, goodness, what do you have? You have the Land Before Time not eight. Oh man, they still make definitely those? straight to DVD. Hero Wanted, like no, that. that's that's the Land Before Time thirteen. <laughs> Wow, is that real? That's, is that a third? Wait, are you that's serious? Thirteen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wait. Wait, is that not? Is this not a bit? There's thirteen of those movies. No, that's not a bit. That I'm is so, Land Before Time. I'm right. Thirteen. I'm sorry. <laughs> he is right. It is the Land Before Time. Thirteen. Some movie called Hero Wanted. Some movie called Harold. Some movie called Lion Watch. Then he finally does that TV movie with Ben Carson. It's a movie called The Way of the War, The Devil's Tomb, Lies and Illusions. He's working, but like you've never heard of these movies, and they're all like generic action movies that just kind of go like, oh my God, look at how many generic action movies he's done. Hardwire, Wrong Turn at Tahoe, Ticking Clock, The Hit List, Sacrifice. The Wrong Turn at Tahoe? Shit, boy. And then he's fine, and then he's in Red Tails, which is a, a an, a real movie. I'm sorry. Red Tails so is like one of the. We need to do that. But one. Red Tails also was a kind of a bomb, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a huge bomb. Huge yeah. bomb. And, which is like incredible. How do you. <laughs> that was his fault. David Ayello was in it. Michael no, B. Jordan was in a it. A lot of these aren't his fault. I'm just saying it's just like. <laughs> it's, the, it's the worst. It's, it's crazy years. that. It's crazy that. Fire your he's team, been dude. working nonstop. It's crazy that he's been working nonstop and he's been leading movie. He hasn't stopped leading movies either, you know? But the, but the movies are just terrible. So much so that between radio and even between Daddy Day Camp and American Gangster, you go, 
what happened to Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> as if you haven't seen him. But he's been working nonstop. But, not, but <laughs> as an actor, stop. but not as but not as a as a as like a Hollywood movie star. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he has enough cachet that he can still do these action movies that are clearly going straight to DVD. Um, but and, and some TV movies, but like he's not a Hollywood star anymore. And then when he does pop up in like bigger Hollywood movies, he somehow manages to be in ones that, that are bombs. Like it's crazy. But his acting is good in all of them. Uh, and I'm trying to think. Okay, yeah. then, then he's in the Butler, and but I don't remember him in it. Uh, I have never seen the Butler. But I, I also, I also didn't see it. That's why I don't remember him in it. But I'm looking at the. Yeah, he's like one, two, three, four, oh five. Like there's a bunch of people in that movie. So he plays Carter Wilson. I don't know who that is necessarily, but okay, he's in the Butler. He's in Machete Kills. Um, he's in, oh, that's right. He was in Selma. Smaller role in Selma. Wait, who is he in Selma? Fred Gray. Yeah, remember he has like one scene or something, or, yeah. or maybe two. He's like a wasn't he a lawyer or something? Yo, he out here doing under yeah. fives. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and now and then, yeah, I mean, and so that's it. Like you know, his movie career has been done for a while. Like you know, what? when I'm saying movie career, I'm talking about blockbuster or not even blockbuster movie. I'm just talking about leading big. In, uh, in uh, studios, uh, studio films that like he could come back though premiere in more back. than a thousand years. He's one indie film away from being big, but he's not getting yeah, there because he's not. This is my because it looks he's not like getting indie films, and he didn't choose to do indie films. He chose to remain the leading actor in generic straight to DVD action movies. That's what he chose to do, and he's probably getting money for right. it. But he did. He wasn't like he didn't do indie films, which is interesting because he could. He, you know what? This is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna make. Okay. I'm gonna bring Cuba back. He's primed for a comeback because of. I'm gonna bring Robert Townsend back. American Horror Story. Yeah. I bring Robert Townsend back. You're gonna bring him back. I'm gonna bring him back, and I'm gonna bring back. Uh, 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 what's her name? I want to make sure. I, even though she didn't go anywhere, I want people to respect how boss Pam Greer is. I feel like people forgot about Pam Greer, and I watched uh, Jackie Brown the other day, and I was like, mm -hmm. she never got her fair shake at like a studio, like. Not the black exploitation films, not talking about those, but like her fair shake at a studio movie. Watch. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have Kill Mitchell in it. All right. Well, you know what I think happened? You know what yeah. I think happened? Because like we're learning that he turned down a lot of movies and he was like up for Django and probably a couple other things that he just didn't get, right? Um, uh, but like it looks like what happened was like he just started saying yes to everything because he was like oh i've been do i've been doing this wrong <laughs> right like oh i've been saying no to mm -hmm. a lot of of movies that ended up being bangers cool if i get it it's an offer boom i'm doing it you know and then uh, but then that just sort of sent his career in the other direction oh yeah boy oh yeah uh, boy. anything else any closing thoughts on radio i mean i don't even have a, a thank you hollywood because i feel bad for cuba like i, I honestly this isn't even a bit like i i I think he was a very fine actor, and I think I wish you'd give him a shot. Like, I, I, I thought the people versus O.J. Simpson was going to be his time, but O.J. didn't, it wasn't about O.J., which I get. Like, O.J.'s a very... Yeah, it was about the trial. Yeah, it wasn't about him, so I totally get that. Um, and, and it was hard. They it brought was him back. He's on Versace, right? Did they bring him back no, for that? Is he, that what... No, he's not on Versace. He's on, um, he's on American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. But the thing about American Horror Story is, like, that's not... Like, you're not... Oh, okay. Then he is he gonna be on the 
Oh no, this is the Katrina one. Yeah. It, first off, I have a whole theory about the Katrina thing, but that's let's set that aside for after the podcast. But um, do they have him playing OJ Simpson in the Katrina one? This is very. I, I'm looking at IMDb, and this is very no, confusing. The reason that it's confusing is because American Crime Story is actually the name of the show, and because it's an anthology. It's like American Crime Story. Season one is O.J. Oh, yeah, so yeah. they don't know what his character is. He's just still credited as O.J. Simpson because of the other show. Oh, so he's in Katrina. I didn't know he was even in the Katrina one. He's in. He's in season three. So he's and he's uh, and it looks like he's in. It looks like he's in uh, every episode. Okay, and so they just haven't updated what his character. Well, is. my thing is, is I think about him a lot, and it's just again like that. That is the closest we've gotten to him, and hopefully. Uh, Andre Holland. Like, I, like I, I'm curious to see what happens with Andre Holland because I feel like those can be, like, character actors who could also be leads. Um, and Cuba had a shot. And, yeah, man, that's just a string of bad... Like, whose fault is... like? How, think about it. Men of Honor, on paper, Robert De Niro, got it. You know what I mean? Radio technically has Ed Harris, who would be like working with Tommy Lee Jones, you know, if you're thinking about Will Smith, why he teamed up with him. Like, I get it. But, man... My man never got a sh- like a. I mean, he was on I think Empire, and when he showed up on Empire, I I remember going, oh, "What Cuba doing here? What, what you doing here, Cuba?" It all, it almost felt like the program became lesser because Cuba was on it, but Cuba was the better actor in each scene he was in, right? And that sucks. Like that. Well, sucks. look, he wrote and directed this movie, Louisiana Caviar. Um, so let's hope that this is the indie that does it. He no, wrote and directed it. He had all the control. Is he a, is he playing? And he has eyes on him now, so this could do it. Is he playing a drug addict? Or who knows? But he wrote and directed it. So I'm just saying, because he's play, if he's playing a dude who like overcomes something and makes it out at the end, he's not getting no. Well, this does say it's a movie about money, sex, power, and corruption. Cool. Because Hollywood. Somebody getting fed to alligators. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Dig it, dig it, dig it. What you saying? But yeah, I don't really have a thank you, Hollywood, because that it's just Thinking about Cuba is making me sad, to be honest. I hear you. Well, let me just say, I'll say this then. um, Because, I'm sorry, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, Everyone here has seen Radio, right? Why do you? The 2003 film. (sighs) What is this? That he's a co-star of. keep James talking. Okay, wait, no, I I just wanted to make sure. So, wait, so I realized, I was thinking about this the whole time I was watching. I was like, man, Cuba Gooding Jr. is a great actor. You know, like. He is out here killing it. James! You know what I'm saying? And so when I realized, I was like, you know what, though? His acting career is in trouble. His acting career is in trouble, and he needs some help. And the only person who could save his acting career is Hancock. I'm not I, doing I realize. That. I'm not doing I re- No, because I realized that Hancock, say Hancock came in, and and just superheroed his way into making Cuba Gooding Jr. the next big actor. Like like, I really think it could happen. And is Hancock gonna get his and, movie? And, together? and I think it needs to happen. What can Hancock get his sequel out? So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying maybe that's how it happens. You know, Cuba, you know, plays like some kind of a villain. You know, opposite Hancock. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Y'all right. don't see it? Is this over? Yeah, please. Please be honest. It's never over. Okay. It's, it's time for over. the cause. We rate and review films not based on how much 
we like them, but whether or not they help the cause of leading black actors in Hollywood. If we believe it fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. If we believe it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If we think it didn't really help the cause at all, we don't give the movie anything. You guys ready? Shit. Uh, <laughs> I just thought I like what I'm going to do. One. All right. Okay, here we go. Three. Two. James. Keep my eyes closed. What'd you give it, James? You start with me? <laughs> yeah, I, I, my eyes are still closed. I don't want to see what y'all, I don't want to know what y'all did yet. Okay, I gave it a palm. All right. I gave it nothing. I gave it nothing. Wow. I know, it hurts. Wow. It hurts. I didn't mean. Wow. <laughs> I know. Uh-oh, people are going to come after this. I saw this one. Oh, no. This is my thing. All right. I'll go first if you want. Yeah. I, I gave it a pump. I gave it nothing because we know the reception the movie got, but also I, we saw what it did. Like, I don't think we've ever seen, or like we can, we can, I don't think we can pinpoint a lot of actors movie that did them in. You know what I mean? Like, we can sit here and say that this is the movie that probably broke the camel's back, right? Like, this is the one. And um, it sucks that that happened because I do think his acting was very well done in the movie. It's just that I don't know, man. I, th- I think this, I think this, just it hurt him, and I think it did hurt people that came after him because I think we did go from a, fra- a phase of time where you know we only had Denzel, we really only had Will, and then Jamie had a couple of movies, you know, mixed with Sam Jackson. So I think it was like I think it was a struggle for black men to lead. I, if you weren't one of those names, I think it was a struggle for people to take risks on other people of color. Um, so much so that the next time I remember seeing another famous black man, if you will, lead a movie, might have been Don Cheeto in Hotel Rwanda. And then after that, as far as a young guy, it might have been Chadwick Boseman, who we now know was 33 or something when he did 42, you know? So, uh, yeah, it makes me sad, guys. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I hear that. Um, okay. Uh, I guess I'll go. I gave it nothing because I'm sorry, this movie. (laughs) This movie was it. This was the last shot. You know, he was on, he was on one, you know, he's got, he had one life left and he he wasted it on radio. And whether that's his fault or not, I, I tend to believe that it's not, not really his fault, though I do think he didn't necessarily do himself any favors. This movie was really tough. He became like he like Disney like liked him with Snow Dog, so they got him to do this, and then like he did Home on the Range, and that movie bombed. And then Disney like let him go, <laughs> you know, and like probably had like maybe a couple of year deal with them, and then like well, I'm not really doing much, and like it stinks because it's such a sad. It's really like a wait. We span basically twelve years. Uh, but Boys in the Hood was like really his first big movie and um, he had such promise and wins an Oscar only five years after his first big movie but then like literally seven years later his career is like somewhat over Um, he's having a resurgence now with TV but I don't know I don't know if we'll ever get that same Cuba again and, and I think we've 
like some of like Denzel in his prime, you know, like like mid thirties, you know, to mid forties. Like we didn't get we didn't get Cuba during that time because like it it, it just you know, Hollywood kind of abandoned him. Um and it stinks. I think that's that's it's a it's a tragedy. Uh, and then this movie, I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know. It's questionable if he was even the lead of this movie, even though he's oh, the title character. I mean, he may not be. Um, so, and I don't think this movie did Afri Woodard any favors. Like, she's great, but, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's nothing special. And then there, those were kind of the only black people in the movie. So, all right, James. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, uh, I don't think I was close to giving it nothing, though. Like, I think I I pretty much knew I was going to give it a palm because Cuba is just, he's just great. He's just, like, a great actor. And, uh, like, the attempt to make something great is definitely there, and it's very apparent throughout the whole movie. Um, S. Epitha Murkison is fantastic, and it's great to see her in something. And Alfred Roded also fantastic. Great, great um, actors. And so it's great to see these black people in this movie that is, like, clearly Oscar bait, and they definitely cast it off and just didn't catch anything, right? Um, True. Uh, I, gave, I could not give it a fist uh, because of everything that we've said uh, but primarily, like, my primary reason for not giving it anything above a palm was, um, like, the fact that it's, like, not about radio, and they they do, uh, they make, they do, they have a, a conscious effort of, just like with Men of Honor, but, like, a conscious effort of, like, building up the white story, uh, so much so that they literally erase uh black characters from this story like radio's whole family is reduced to two people and there are five people who we have talked about already his dad his two brothers um and then him and his mom and so it's like you know when you have a movie called radio you know you can have a movie about radio and you can really make a movie about radio i don't need to see him kicking a football in the rain by himself I don't need to see that scene. <laughs> Why do you hate okay. that scene so much? I don't need to see that damn scene, okay? It made me so mad. Man, he got left off the bus. It made me so he got left off the bus mad. and he was sad and he was in the rain. And he no, was listening to his radio in the rain. He was listening to his radio in the rain. but I could have I could have I could have seen these other scenes. I could have seen these scenes of him dealing with his mom's death and destroying his and destroying his house. I could see him uh, being being pulled into a closet and not understanding what's going on or why it's happening, like, and see him try to grapple and deal with it and hear from outside a ball hitting it and then see the door open and then there's Ed Harris. Like, wow, what a what a scary thing to be a part of and to sort of witness and to put and to put the audience in. But no, they didn't do that. They they didn't do that. And so uh, that so I gave it a a, a palm, but I I couldn't give it nothing, man. Cuba's the man. Couldn't give it nothing. Respect. All right. Uh, there you have it, folks. There you have it. The Cuba Gooding Jr. We are done. It's over with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, okay. You can follow us at Blackman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website. You can follow me at John Braylock. JohnBraylock.com is my website. Uh, again. If you are a Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt fan, go watch it. I'm in the first episode of this new season. 
Uh, so that's cool. And that's all I got. James? Uh, you can follow me at James Third Comedy. James Third Comedy. Dot com. Third is 3RD. All right. Yeah. You can follow me at Gerard Milligan um, on Twitter and IG. And if you rate and review us on iTunes, give us five stars. We will read your review out loud on the air, which I'm going to do right now once I get to them. Also, we have to figure out if we want to do a new uh, miniseries. Here's one that I'll propose to you guys, even though it might be a little tricky because we already did one of her movies. Angela Bassett. I, I could do an Angela Bassett. Ooh. I could do Angela Bassett. Here's the thing. We can maybe do th- we maybe don't have to do four. Maybe we can do three. Because we already did what's love got to do with it, and that's arguably her biggest one. Yeah. Um the other ones I'm thinking about are how Stella got her groove back. Um she's also in Tyler Perry's Meet the Browns. No. Never. <laughs> she's Never. The, she's the star of it though. Aren't there? I think I think coming out. Um, I think we also have. Yeah, that could work. Cause I think we also have. Um, what is it? There's a couple of movies coming out this summer with some black leads in it too. Uh, I would I, be interested in Halle Berry. Um, I haven't seen Losing Isaiah in a long time. I've only seen one scene in uh, Monsters Ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, there's Vampire in Brooklyn for Angela Bassett. Halle Berry. That's not a. Bad oh yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah. Well, Halle Berry is the only. Woman of Color to win a Best best Actress Oscar, so. True, and we've only done Catwoman. Catwoman. I'll be fascinated to do, like, we had to do Holly Berry. Which is a part of her IMDb, but. If we had to do one, we do Gothica. Gothica is, so this is her top four, but that's not what we have to do. But this is her top four. Gothica, Catwoman, Die Another Day, the James Bond movie, and Monsters Ball. But see, I don't think we would do. See, to me, I would do the ask. I would do actor ones. I, if I had to pick it, I would do. I would do uh, Baps. <laughs> I would do Baps. Oh yeah. I would do Monsters okay. Ball, and I would do Losing Isaiah. Yeah, I definitely would be down gotta, for that. Definitely got to do Losing Isaiah. Wait, ba- wait. I don't. Baps is like the movie where she led it. Like she was the lead lead of that movie. And it's yeah, like it was her most, and who though? Who was the other person in that? I don't like know. One other person. It was another woman, but it's the most ratchet movie of all time. And it's like, and she was Holly well, Berry. Yeah, it's been a long time. She was Holly Berry when she did it. Natalie so she did that Cazelle. and Bullworth. So the fact that she she did that and Bullworth, and both of them were just like, eh, really Holly. She but she made it out of it, and it was before the Oscar. Okay, wait. So because that was after the Flintstones. So wait, you're saying losing Isaiah really baps really? I mean, it's so. I think. I think you got to. I mean, because I'm fascinated. In the, I like what we did with Cuba, but I also want to see the. And the we good wouldn't with do. The bad. We wouldn't do any X Men movie because she's no, not the lead. Yeah, she ain't the lead of that. But I don't want to do big. the good with the. And bad. we wouldn't do Swordfish. No, we would the definitely first do one, right? Did they the the first X Men? Didn't they build her up a little bit more in that first one, or no? No, she was built up in the second one. Because the second one, she was kind of like. Oh, what I read, which is very interesting, this is a side note. I yeah, because the there. first one was before her Oscar. Yeah. So the second one, she became Okay, more then I would do the second one. I would be interested in that. They're supposed to be love interests. Love interests. But, I, but she's not... I, I don't know. I do kind of want to do Gothica. I, I mean, Gothica isn't bad. I don't hate that one. That's why she hates Robert Downey. I, I, I mean, well, the thing is, do we do it older? Like, so... I mean, she's been in so many. That's why this... But Hallie is a little harder, because she's led so many movies, actually, like... But I and movies a, that have budgets like Perfect Stranger, Things We Lost in the Fire, uh, and then like we should do the one that no one's ever seen, when she plays the person with split personalities. The, the Call. Uh, yeah, I heard about and that then movie. Kidnap. 
Oh, she's done a lot. No, what? that's what I'm saying. She's, she's done a lot. She's done a movie that was supposed to be an Oscar movie, but it never came out. I think it may be out now. And she plays a woman who is a black woman, but she has a split personality. And the Frankie, split, Frankie and Alice. Yeah, and the split personality is a racist who hates. Oh, black right. I've never seen it, but I've heard so many stories about why it doesn't right. exist. That's why. I, I, okay. We'll, we'll, t- we'll, 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 we'll keep talking about it. All right. Uh, oh, shoot. I was supposed to be looking up the reviews. Hold on. I do have them. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yep. Uh, this one is by UR Morgan. Literally, all he said is, I've been hooked since the Beverly Hills Cop episode. Dope podcast. Great. I love it. Short and sweet. This one is, Get the man's name right. Oh, my God. <laughs> By ZK10782. Remarkable podcast. So much more positive attention needs to be paid to black actors and actresses and their work. Hollywood really needs to take a listen to y'all. Now, please, please, please pronounce Cuba Gooding Jr.'s name properly. It's not It's not Cuba. It's Cuba. Uh, okay, Liquid U. We doing the Liquid U? It's not Cuba? Cuba. All right, keep no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> keep up the great work and take over the world. Hollywood City. All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. That's the end of this. Hit us up with some wrecks, and we'll see you next week. Peace. That was a headgum podcast.